You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. This show is brought to you by Printful, our sponsor. Printful has been trusted to deliver more than 28 million items to doorsteps all over the world. And every month, they ship more than 1 million products. The best part? There are no monthly fees or upfront fees. And you only pay for fulfillment and shipping when your store gets an order. So you can focus on growing your business while Printful takes care of the printing and shipping. So that's the story. Wow. So fun to hear it from you. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. All right, so um, I'm going to make these changes. Your next order will go out uh, the week of the night. Okay. And um, I'm going to text you right now that recipe for the cinnamon raisin bagel French toast. It's on our Instagram, Okay. Um, by the way, in like those circles above the pictures. Oh, okay, cool. We will definitely try that. How did that make you feel? I'm floating on air. Why? I'm just like so excited by that and like I'm touched and I feel like he must be so busy and he just gave me 10 minutes. Well, first he called me and left a message because he flagged my account and thought I might have done it wrong because he saw my order was like, it was a subscription, but it was broken up into two different delivery time time frames. So it was a little choppy. So he called to make sure that it was how I wanted it to be. And it wasn't. So he changed it for me on the spot right there, fixed it. I know when my next order is coming. Man. He just did customer service. And now I'm more passionate about people. So those clips were from a few nights ago. I just finished putting my daughter to bed. I was walking downstairs and I overheard my wife, Emily, talking with some guy who I didn't know. It must have been like 7.30 at night. And... That was actually the founder of the Pagel, which for my money, uh, we're longtime customers, is the best paleo bagel on the market. We're huge fans of my house. And anyways, we now have a monthly subscription. So Steven, the founder, who's actually with me today, noticed that something looked a little bit off in our order. He picked up the phone and he called my wife about it. It was amazing. It's not something you see, the, that personal touch anymore the founder reaching out, not by email, not by text, but actually picking up the phone. And it's kind of like unheard of in 2021. So I actually emailed Stephen to see if he'd come on and we're here today. Welcome, Stephen. Hi, how are you today, Ben? I'm so excited to be here with you. All right. So people know that I'm kind of paleo if they listen to the show, but but give us the overview. What's the pay goal and how'd you start it? Well, I'll give you the the quick overview on how I got into paleo. Um, when I turned fifty, I'm now fifty eight. Um, I wasn't I wasn't in bad shape. I wasn't looking for anything, but we had a serious hurricane here in New York, Hurricane Sandy, and it wiped out everything. And the only thing that was still charged and was still receiving a signal was my iPad, and I was just toying around with the iPad, and I stumbled across a website called Mark's Daily Apple, which was founded and uh, written by one of the paleo godfathers, as he's called, Mark Sisson. And being a former college athlete and a triathlete and not chronic injuries, but, you know, I'll use the word banged up, 
a lot of what he was talking about in his intro and bio resonated with me. So I figured, you know what? I'm turning 50. Let's shake things up a little bit. So I went headfirst and never looked back. And I was never a chunky guy, but I got lean and my workouts were really thriving and I just felt great. Unbeknownst to me, Ben, my wife, who's same age as I am, leading into our 50s, she had a fever of unknown origin that would come and go over the course of a couple of years. No one could diagnose what it was. Now, Nina wasn't a sickly woman, but she had sinus infections and she had asthma that came and went. And very subterranean, she followed along without telling me adopting a paleo lifestyle. And along the way, the benefits, aside from the fever of unknown origin and the sinus infections and the asthma which all disappeared in a period of about three months. She herself got very lean. And as opposed to wanting the local gym to get nuked, she was now frequenting it a couple, three times a week. And it was outstanding for both of us. But the one thing that Nina has that I don't have is a sweet tooth. So she said, look, I love this results of the paleo lifestyle, but you're going to learn how to bake. And I was like, well, I don't know how to bake. I know how to cook. I know how to barbecue. I know my way around the kitchen because my father and brother have been in the restaurant business their whole lives. So I was always comfortable in the kitchen, but I never knew anything about baking because baking is a science, whereas cooking is an art. So I started messing around with paleo muffins and brownies and blondies. And I started selling these items to members of my CrossFit gym. And sure enough, Bedrock Bakers was found. Soon after that, I built a very, very, very Spartan website and orders started coming in. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. So I started shipping product just in the tri-state area because I didn't know the lengths of which, you know, my startup business out of my kitchen would um, expand to. We went on a family vacation to St. Lucia a couple, three years ago, and the paleo and gluten-free baked goods in the dining room were like nothing my family, who adopted a gluten-free lifestyle after seeing the benefits that Nina and I were seeing. And everyone was like, wow, this stuff is crazy. What is the difference here? So I grabbed the pastry chef and I was like, dude, what's the secret sauce? Because I've been baking with all the traditional flours and nothing is as good as your stuff. And he said, cassava flour. And Ben, I had never heard of cassava flour and none of the products that we were buying had cassava in it. And I came back to New York and took to Google and started Googling recipes that used cassava. And I found that the greatest benefit aside from taste was that it could be sub one for one with wheat. Hmm. So I just started baking with it and some bread recipes were in the mix. And I was like, well, bread, bagels, bagels. And it took 
about nine months, close to a year of messing around with different recipes before we had the version of the pagel that we have now. I mean, the pagel started out in my kitchen. It was a boiled and baked product. And from there, we moved to an incubator because I had learned that if I wasn't selling pagels in a flea market, I wasn't allowed to bake in my home. So I operated out of the incubator probably for a couple of years till it just got to the point where I just couldn't keep up anymore. It just, we were baking five, six days a week and, you know, everything was hand rolled and hand boiled and it was um, very artisan. We still have a very artisan product, but now we're at the point where we have a co-manufacturer as they're called. But yeah, that's where we are today. Amazing. And so you actually started it as a side hustle, right? Like at what point, maybe in terms of number of bagels you're shipping out every week, like at what point did you say you needed to go full time? Well, probably about two years into this journey, my side hustle was baking like a baker from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m., coming home at lunch, packaging what I had baked, going back to the family business, which is a steel company. And my wife and I, she's the owner of the company with her brother. My business there was definitely falling off because this was a passion project. This was like I was living the lifestyle. I was the front man. I was the caveman in front of Bedrock Bakers. The way we came up with the name Bedrock Bakers, my nickname as a child was Barney because my friends thought I looked like Barney Rubble. And to date, 40 years later, I still don't see the resemblance. <laughs> that's awesome. I so love that. Barney and, you know, so that's how we came up with the name Bedrock. But it got to the point where Nina and I were like, look, we never know what this business is going to be if you're going to continue to treat it as a side hustle. And unbeknownst to me, I think my brother-in-law was maybe getting a little bit disgruntled that my numbers in his company were going down and the numbers in my company were going up. And he could see the passion and the fire and the excitement when I would speak about how many orders we would process during the week. So we decided that I was going to jump in full time two years ago, January. Amazing. So just so you know, like our customer journey as a family buying the Pagel and, and stuff from Bedrock. My wife was hit with an Instagram ad about the Pagel uh-huh. uh, probably six to 12 months ago at this point. We bought a shipment or two. I think we tried cinnamon, raisin, and sesame. And then we rolled into a subscription with you. So now we get it. I think it's every other week. No, maybe it's once a month. Anyways, so is that a similar story to how your customers are finding you? Is it Facebook and Google and Instagram? Yeah, I started Instagram by myself, literally taking pictures in the kitchen. And I went from zero followers to like 1,500 followers. And and I was really being entrepreneurial in the sense, like I didn't know the difference between a customer and an influencer or someone 
who just like taking pictures and putting them on their Instagram. So what I did in the beginning without even knowing it was I would send out, put in the hashtags. I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. So he was like my rabbi. So I would listen to his podcast and then I would do what he said to do. <laughs> That's amazing. So I, I would type in search of hashtags of gluten-free bagel, uh, paleo bread, and, and I would direct message these people and send them free bagels in return for a post. Wow. And about after three months of doing that, people were contacting me because unbeknownst to me, everyone follows everyone. And so it finally got to the point where I couldn't manage my Instagram anymore. So I hired a woman to run my Instagram for me. And I told her, I was like, there's something about bagels, in my case, bagels, that people just love taking pictures of and other people will purchase off of those pictures. I don't want to pay for posts. I won't mention the woman's name. And I said to her, I was like, we do not pay for posts. I'll pay you for running my Instagram account. And she blew my account up to about 15,000 followers. Wow. So yeah. Stephen, just so you know, what you just described, by the way, like I think you were ahead of the curve on that. Now people <laughs> call that a, like a micro influencer strategy where you're finding super targeted people that are writing posts about content that's relevant. They don't have a million followers, but they've got a good audience. You send them product instead of paying, and then they post and link back. That's amazing that that's just where you landed naturally. You know, that was how my business, you know, went from just shipping in the tri-state area to shipping nationally. And I did it really slow because, as you know, I ship a perishable product and product needs to get to my customer within two to three days. So, yeah. of course, I experimented. I put pagels in a box and put them on the back deck and let them sit there for three days and went back out there after three days, opened them up, made sure they were still good. So I worked with USPS. I strictly shipped priority mail. And then the pandemic hit. And Priority Mail, for whatever reason, my two-day, three-day shipment became one-week, two-week shipment, and a lot of product was just going in the garbage. So I had to switch to a guaranteed express package, which, hmm. you know, as a e-commerce vendor, you know, it's just part of the expense as a business that you have to entertain. So, yeah. you know, now I'm shipping nationwide. I'm shipping a lot of pagels. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So look, I want to talk to you. You know, this is what, what kind of got me excited to bring you on here. The story is amazing. But I think what you did, like picking up the phone and calling a customer, maybe it was random or maybe there was something wrong with our order. But like, is that something you're doing personally every day? Well, I try and reach out to one to two customers every day. If it's reactive on a review that we might have gotten, if it's proactive just to say thank you or how's everything going? Is there anything you think might, we might be able to be do, doing differently? And just real quickly, I came from a very touchy-feely 
sales background where I always made it a point to see my customers in person and have FaceTime. And unfortunately, in the world of e-commerce and the internet, and seeing it through my three children's interactions, touchy-feely is really not a thing anymore. And customers get as much out of the phone call as you and Emily did, as I do, as the owner and founder of Bedrock Bakers gets from making that phone call. You know, it really solidifies a relationship. It really helps retain customers if they're just going to send an email and say, cancel my subscription. And I got on the phone with them and ask why they want to cancel their subscription. And they tell me, well, there's just too many. I just can't keep up. Well, you know, customer, did you know that, you know, you have the ability to skip a order or prolong an order? You know, the goal from my end is to let customers know that I, as the owner, do care about their business and do care about bad reviews. If I'm getting 100 to 200 five-star reviews every month and I get two or three bad reviews, those bad reviews really do hurt. Some customers are unconsolable, but the majority of the ones, they're like, okay, we'll give you another try. It's a great tactic. And reviews mean everything. There's a great book called Hug Your Haters. And it's not exactly what you're saying, but the whole idea is like when someone writes a bad review, if you lean into that as the founder or the customer support person, you know, that's a great opportunity to turn someone that's like really pissed off in the moment. You know, they're pissed off because they were excited and they were passionate. Right. You know, when you call in and you turn that around, like, wow, you could turn someone who's written a shitty review into a subscribing customer that's on the right cadence of subscription for the next three years, you know? Absolutely, Ben. And honestly, the pool that I swim in, meaning my customers in that pool, 90% of them are like-minded. They're into health. They're into wellness. They're into fitness. But there is that 10% that are just going to be haters. You know, they saw an ad. The Pagel looked amazing. They'd never had a gluten-free product before in their (laughs) life. They're not knowing what to expect. They didn't follow the directions and freeze them, and they left them on their counter. And yes, it is bread with no preservatives. It's not Wonder Bread. It's going to go moldy. So there is that 10% that regardless of what I say or do, I'm never going to be able to hug them because they just don't, A, they don't want to be hugged, or B, they're just, they're not interested. Yeah, no, it's an amazing story. And I think inspiration for anyone listening here take it from Steven, give it a shot, you know, look at, look at your reviews or look at your customer queue of orders that haven't been fulfilled and put in a call and just see what happens. Right. I think we as e-commerce vendors have to be very cautious about certain rules of engagement. Like I know that we're not allowed to text our customers without prior consent, which to me just, it's crazy. But I can call them because you gave me your phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially if there's something going on with the order or a negative experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, we're going to link out to the Pagel and to Bedrock Bakers in the the notes of the podcast app, the show notes, we call them. This is incredibly inspiring, honestly. I think support's an area that you can invest enough time in. 
you know, the experience we had from you guys was really inspiring. So Stephen, thank you for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate it. This was fun, Ben. It's always great to talk about the business and keep your eyes and ears open for new products. And I really appreciate yours and Emily's continued business. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Thank you.